The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be brave, and be fearless, let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. Today's guest is Robert Wensley. He's the CEO and founder of Court. Welcome, Robert. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the podcast today, Seema. Yeah, I'm so excited that we made it work. You and your company are in doing some really interesting things. Tell us a little bit about Quark. Yeah, so Cork is one of the world's first consumer source data brokerage companies. Right now, data brokers are making about $250 billion every year off of our data. They're selling data without our consent. A lot of data brokers know more about us than even our best friends or even our family members know about us. And we don't really have any control over what types of data is shared. Um, so what Cork's trying to do is we're trying to shift that whole thing. We're trying to disrupt the traditional data brokers by creating a next generation data brokerage platform where consumers themselves are in control over their data and they're actually sharing the data themselves, deciding which companies have access to their data, deciding which parts of data they want to sell and getting most of that profit put in their pockets. That's awesome. I love the sound of it. And I love how you arrived to this business idea. Can you share a little bit of how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was in college, I studied computer science, economics, and finance at Harvard University. And I got you know, lots of job offers to go work in finance, but I hated finance. So I said, you know, <laughs> we're just going to make a lot of money. And real yeah. estate seemed like an industry where, where I could make a decent amount of money without having to work so many hours. Right. So I started working for one of those house flipping companies. You know, like you ever watch HGTV? Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, you find the ugly house and you go <laughs> fix it up. So I started working for a company that was doing that, but they're doing a very large scale with you know hundreds of properties. The problem was they weren't making any money. So when I came, I said, you know, you guys are pretty much, you know, not making any money year over year. What if we pivoted your business model? Because you guys make all the money when you find the deals, not when you do all these renovations and hold the property for months and months. That's where you lose your money. Right. So we just focus on the beginning of the equation. Um, so we started, we completely pivoted the, the, the company into a marketing and technology company. We started buying data for, you know, every household in Maryland, Virginia, DC, you know, with the 1,500, 2,000 data points per household, use machine learning algorithms to look through those data points and figure out who had the highest statistical probability of selling their house at 70% market prices or below. Um, the results were really well. You know, that company absolutely skyrocketed over the next three years. They hit record profit levels every single month. Using data science was really, really effective. But I started having a little bit of an ethical problem with it. Um, my founder also worked with me at the company. And what we realized is the algorithms were picking up on basically all the bad things that would happen to a person. So, for example, if someone had you know, cancer and they had medical bills that they had to pay off. So they had to sell their house to pay their medical bills. Or if there's the death of a loved one, 
or divorce, basically all the bad things that could happen to you. And, you know, data brokers will sell you all that data. Uh, you know, they'll sell you anything to the highest bidder. Sure. Um, so I started having a little bit of an ethical problem with that. Um, I was also really frustrated with the amount of telemarketing calls I was getting, the amount of junk mail I was getting in my mailbox every day. I said, you know, there's got to be a solution out there to help me control what data points I have out there that people are able to purchase from me. And of course, there wasn't. There's individual data broker opt-out pages for all the different data brokers, but you know, it, it's really hard to find them all. You got to type in your information on every single page. It's really, really frustrating. So we decided to build a simple product that would just automate that entire process. I love that. Opt out of all the largest data brokers in the United States. We don't have all of them yet, but we probably cover about 50% right now of the data brokers. How do the data brokers feel about this? I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I will tell. <laughs> I can tell you, actually, we just recently recruited the former um, vice president of global products and solutions from Axiom. Axiom is one of the right. largest data brokers in the world. He joined our team and he said, you know, when I worked at Axiom, we always knew that consumer source data was inevitable. We knew that right. this was going to come, that this is the next generation, but we knew it was going to disrupt our business so much that we're just hoping hoping and praying that it was 15 or 20 years down the road. But as everyone knows, the timing with GDPR, right. with consumer backlash that we've had this year, the timing for this is perfect this year. We're really primed to disrupt the whole data brokerage industry. It's really exciting. I think it's exciting because you're looking at it from a consumer perspective and really protecting privacy. And, and consumers get to control what they want to share. And it's up to them. And at the same time, share in some of that revenue for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I first started this, we were focused just on like the data broker opt out. And I was yep. thinking, you know, this is just going to be a simple product, opts you out, cuts back on the amount of junk mail and spam that you get. But then what we realized, we started doing market research and we realized that, you know, two thirds of the population actually is what we call data pragmatists. And data pragmatists are individuals who are actually willing to share all their data. They know their data is out there being sold, traded anyways. Right. They're willing to share their data with companies as long as they receive something, some sort of benefit in exchange. So that was kind of the key insight that really led us to the second part of our platform that gives consumers then the ability to you know, earn a profit and receive some compensation for sharing the data with, with corporations. It's funny because I had a dinner the other day and I was talking to a bunch of younger people and we were talking about data privacy. I'm like, so what do you guys do? What do you worry about? And they're like, you know, honestly, we started off out of stuff, but they got tired. It's like it, it, yeah. they felt like it was impossible to do it. And it's almost Absolutely. as if people felt defeated. And so this is, you know, this obviously is another solution to take control back. So where are you in your journey? Do you have a product that's live? Give us an idea of where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So we built up an incredible team with backgrounds from like Harvard, MIT, mm -hmm. Google, Apple. We, we have a really, really strong team. And this summer, we're working on a couple of things. One is getting the product ready for launch. So we're pretty much ready to launch it. The reason why we're holding back is when we turn things on, we don't want people to sign up and then not get paid money for the first yeah. right? Right. Um, that'd be a, a waste of marketing money to go spend money acquiring users and have them all churn. Um, if they're not getting paid. So right now we're working on setting up meetings with potential data buyers. We were just in a meeting with, you know, Two Sigma, big, large hedge fund in New York City that's interested in potentially buying data from us. We're look, lining up meetings with a few other large, large investment funds that are interested in buying data from us. And we're going to try to get a few of those signed up first. Right. When we go out and get our initial panel of users that they're going to start earning money right away. 
that makes sense. You don't want them to be frustrated without getting yeah. any earnings. How big do you anticipate the number of consumers you would get access to in like the next year or so? Yeah. So just to like turn on revenue for us, we don't need that many users. Like it's in the tens of thousands of users that mm -hmm. we need. The reason being is uh, like a lot of these hedge funds and stuff, they already are buying all of your credit card transaction data. They're already buying all your location data. The problem is they can't layer on the demographic data on right. top of it, right? The only way to do that is to source it directly from the consumer and have the consumer do it. Our platform allows us to do that. And that what that allows us to do is create a panel of users in the population yes. that represents how the population is a whole behaves. So, you know, as soon as we have the first data buyers lined up, we're going to go do a big marketing push to get tens of thousands of users onto the platform. But really what we want to do is really blitz scale this thing up. Uh, we just got a really, really, really large investment offer. It was 5x what we were hoping to raise. And if we close that, then we want to really blitz scale this thing up over the next you know, 12 to 18 months and really get to millions and millions of users. You know, eventually one day, I really think with where we want to go with this, we could become, the way I look at it is we want to become like the AWS of personal data. We want to take all the problems that businesses have with personal data and abstract those all away and have a really simple, easy to use product for them to just deal with all their personal data. That's fantastic. And what is the technology that is underlying all of this? I know blockchain is a hot topic and people are saying that's the next thing where we can you know, protect consumers. What are you guys seeing? Yeah, so that's a great question because we actually have a few different competitors in the space, Data Wallet. The problem with all of our competitors is that they're actually building with blockchain. And we initially looked at it because we we're thinking, hey, increased transparency. That's a great thing. That's what we're all about is giving consumers transparency. The problem with blockchain, though, is it's in its really, really early days. It's just not technically feasible to build our product with blockchain. So, for example, Ethereum currently processes around 15 transactions per second. If you look at the global Visa network, it does around 40,000 transactions per second. So the speed isn't really there. There's tons of latency. It can take 10 minutes to process a transaction. The costs are super high. And that's just on the business, on the business side. You can't have real-time data APIs, feeding real-time data on you know where consumers are shopping, where they're spending their money, which store locations they're visiting. You can't do any of that with blockchain. And then on the consumer side of things, there's only about 22 million Americans right now with crypto wallets. Right. So most of the population doesn't even really know anything about crypto. So for a company like ours to go and say, hey, I want you to like go on this alt exchange and buy Ethereum and convert it to our cryptocurrency that the price is going to jump up and down, you know, a thousand percent every week. Right. Uh, it's not practical. Um, so we're trying to have the most pragmatic approach to our technology. We're just using really simple standard stuff that everyone else in the industry has been using for years. And as technology advances, we'll eventually look more into decentralized technologies but it's not quite there yet. The only decentralized technology we're gonna probably implement in the next 12 months is storage labs, decentralized data storage. Okay. What that would allow us to do is instead of storing all of our data on one centralized server, it would basically break it up into like millions and millions of pieces and store those across millions of nodes. So like if one node is compromised, it doesn't matter and you can't really have a centralized data breach. Got it. Um, with that infrastructure. So that's the one type of decentralized technology we're looking at, but blockchain just doesn't make sense. 
at this point for our business. It feels like blockchain, you know, for, at least in the research industry, it was such a hot topic and it continues to be a hot topic. This is, but I think it's harder from a consumer perspective to really adopt it and make it user friendly, at least, at least at this point in time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's just really early. And I think that, you know, five years from now, it's going to be a completely different story, but right now it just doesn't make sense. So tell me what's beyond, like, what are your future plans? I know you talked about being AWS for personal data, kind of what do you see your journey to be to get there? Yeah, great question. So step one is just to get, get something out there that consumers are going to adopt and that businesses are going to adopt. So that like in the next couple of quarters, we're going to get those early pilot programs launched. We're going to get the, you know, first tens of thousands of users on our platform getting paid for their data. I think what's going to happen is we're going to start getting to the point where the dollar amount that people are getting paid for their data so high that each user is going to bring on at least another user onto the platform. Cause mm-hmm. like, if I was making $50 a month on autopilot, I'd be inviting people to, to join the app. I'd be telling my friends. My Absolutely. Family. It's like, it's free money, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's going to happen is when we reach that point, we're going to go viral and we're going to start scaling very, very quickly into the millions of users. And once we get into the millions of users, there's a lot of really cool problems that we can solve. So one of the big problems that we have today is that, you know, a, a lot of companies don't really want to have to deal with all the hassle and the legalities and security measures regarding the management of personal data, right? Like you right. see, there's the Marriott hack last week. There's yes. like, there's all these hacks happening all the time. And for businesses, it's a big amount of risk to have all this personal data on their servers. So what we want to do is really allow businesses to abstract away all those problems related to managing personal data okay. uh, where they're not actually storing the personal data on their servers anymore. It's stored on Quark. The users have all their data on Quark. It's like the one source of data for all these consumers. We manage all the security. We manage all the GPR compliance. The privacy policy is set by the user once and every yep. single time they log into an application with their Quark login, that data privacy policy is applied Great. anywhere that they use it, right? And then what, what's really cool about that too is it abstracts away the data from the actual application. So right now the data and the applications are like right now they're really coupled. Like Facebook right. has their data attached to their application. Google has their data attached to their application. And if you split those apart and you just have one source of data for the consumer, it just makes things way, way easier for everyone. Like I, I know I just changed my phone number a few months ago and I got locked out of all of my bank accounts yeah. because of factor, right? If I could change my phone number in one place and have it apply to all my accounts, that's a huge value add to me as a consumer, right? Or if yes. I am joining new platforms and I don't want to have to rebuild my whole contacts list or friends list and I could just log in and have that whole friends list built up already. And as my friends join the platform, have them automatically adding, that's a huge value add for me. And for businesses, like now I don't have to worry about compliance. Now I don't have to worry about user onboarding, having users enter all their data over and over and over again. Uh, so there's just so many different problems that it solves. We really think that the way that data, personal data is managed on the internet today is like the biggest problem on the internet. Yes. And we're really starting to see that this year with all the data breaches. So we want to solve that just for like the world as a whole. Very exciting. Robert, thanks so much for joining me today. I'd love to keep in touch and see how your journey continues to unfold. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Sima. Really appreciate it. If you haven't already, go to quark.app 
and join our wait list and we'll send you some early invites to you and any of your listeners that are interested in getting on our beta app that's going to be launching very soon. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus Podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.datagurusepodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.datagurusepodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.